The reading is from Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Thank you, Anne, very much. So we come this morning to the start of a series around the theme of sharpening our vision of what we believe the church is all about, what we're called to be and called to do. So this image, which is on the screen now, is also on the front page of the website and there's a Facebook post as well. And uh, we'll see quite a bit of this in the coming weeks and months. Sharpening our vision as we focus especially on these four words of welcome, love, challenge and grow. Four key words that really capture some of the essence of what is in the church's vision at the present time. And we're exploring these words particularly with reference to the book of Acts. So our Bible passages will come from Acts. We're not going chronologically through Acts because uh, we're thinking particularly about these words. And there are different uh, stories in Acts and different incidents that will each speak into them. So many of you will be aware that in the church we do have a vision statement. It's quite a long document uh, of a number of different words. And within that full vision statement, this is what it says about welcome. That we see a church who welcomes and embraces all in the name of Jesus. We seek to create a culture of invitation, ensuring all we do is engaging, relevant, attractive, while keeping the gospel at the center place where all are welcomed, accepted, and loved. So those are challenging aspirations. And we want to think around this idea of welcome 
for the next few weeks. And this morning, I'd like to see what the story of Philip and the Ethiopian official says to us about welcome. We heard it read just now. It's a familiar story to many people. And there are two main characters in this story. Philip and the Ethiopian official. I wonder whether there's any way in which today you might identify with one or other of these characters as we think about welcome. They were totally different people. One was reading, the other was running. The Ethiopian official was reading the scroll of Isaiah and Philip was running alongside the chariot. Quite an amusing sight. But as we look more closely at each of these people, there could be some very interesting discoveries for you and for me as we explore together. So let's think a little bit about this Ethiopian official. Who was he? He was the treasurer to the Queen of Ethiopia. So someone with quite a lot of responsibility. We would assume that he was African and that at, this time, at the time of this writing, that the land of Ethiopia extended considerably further north than it does now. So it would have taken in what is now the Upper Nile, a lot of present-day Sudan. So not far into Af Africa going south from Egypt. So this official person had gone to Jerusalem to worship at an annual festival. And that would suggest that he had a Jewish background. And now we know that Judaism was spread across the world at the time. So it may be that he was born as an African into an African Jewish family. Or it may be that he came across the influence of Judaism in some other way and converted into it. One or another, for one or another reason, he wanted to be in Jerusalem for an annual festival. And with this religious background, on his way home, he was carefully reading the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah. Now, he was on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, and that same road would have continued on south to Egypt and then into Africa as he was heading home. Quite a long journey through the Sinai Desert, across towards Cairo, and then following the course of the River Nile down into Africa. So this story took place quite early on the journey. And he was reading some amazing words from Isaiah that he couldn't really understand. I wonder how often have you read something from the Old Testament and you haven't really understood it? These are the words that this person was reading. Uh, I bring them to you in the message paraphrase, which makes them just a little bit clearer for us today. He was beaten. He was tortured. But he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered. Like a sheep being sheared. He took it all in silence. Justice miscarried. And he was led off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare. Beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man, even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. And the Ethiopian was reading this and wondered who it was. Who was it who was beaten? 
Who was it who was tortured? What was this written about? Who was this written about? Someone who was treated so badly. Someone who'd done nothing wrong. There seemed to be a sense of sacrifice for another person. What was going on here? He was quite puzzled. And then enters in the other character of the story, Philip. He was one of the early Christian leaders. Not to be confused with Philip who was a disciple of Jesus, but rather a very significant witness to Jesus in the early years of the church. He was a friend of Stephen. Stephen was very sadly stoned to death outside the city of Jerusalem, not, beyond, not long before this incident. And Philip might well have gone into a corner at that point, grieving over the loss of his friend, not wanting to be seen in public. Not at all. Rather, he was so excited by the message of Jesus, the Savior of the world. He wanted everyone to know. He actually went to Samaria, which is a very different place. It was north of Jerusalem, a very challenging place to visit. But lots of people there became Christians. And it was actually all incredibly exciting. And then unexpectedly, the Spirit prompted Philip. And the angel said to him, I want you to go down to that road from Jerusalem to Gaza, the desert road. Now, if I was Philip, I'd have felt a bit unhappy about that. So much happening in Samaria, so exciting. People discovering Jesus. Why go to a different, distant place in the desert? Well, the reason soon became clear. See, God had a purpose in this encounter, a very profound purpose as these two people met. And as Philip responded to the voice of God and res responded to what had been said, he headed down to the desert road and saw a chariot in the distance. And the Spirit of God told him to go to the chariot and to stay near it. And so these two people met for the first time. You can imagine that the horse-drawn chariot making quite good progress down the road, Philip running alongside, maybe a bit breathless, then noticing that the Ethiopian was reading from Isaiah. And a bit of a rapport developed between them. And Philip was invited to get inside the chariot and to sit with the official, and then they really got talking. And Philip explained that this text from the Old Testament was actually about Jesus Christ wasn't about the prophet Isaiah. It was what we call one of the suffering servant texts of Isaiah. And yes, those texts did have an application to the people who first heard them, but there were some very powerful words there that were speaking also of Jesus Christ. And Philip explained all about Jesus. What had recently happened in Jerusalem? And how there were so many people who were following Jesus today. I'd have loved to have known more about that conversation. As those two sat in the chariot and talked, I'd, we don't know how long it went on for. We don't know everything that they said. But clearly, this official from Ethiopia now realized that what he'd been reading in the Old Testament was actually about Jesus. And he was hearing about Jesus for the first time. Just as some of you had shared earlier, when you first heard about Jesus. I first heard about Jesus at a very young age. 
Uh, Jesus was spoken about very naturally in our home. Uh, we would have prayers at the end of the day and uh, it would have been my mom or my dad or someone else in the family who would have been talking and praying with me from a very early age and we were going to church from a very early age. So I started to hear about Jesus when I was very young. I don't know what your story is as to when you started to hear about Jesus. But this Ethiopian official started to hear about Jesus from Philip in the chariot on the road as he was heading home to Africa. Philip had been called away from what seemed to be a very exciting scenario in Samaria. But God wanted this to happen because this Ethiopian official would have been a key person for bringing that same Christian message to others when he got back home. What we do know is that as this conversation went on, the Ethiopian official understood what Philip was saying. He believed in Jesus. They came to some water, and this is the bit that we often talk about, where uh, the Ethiopian simply said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot, and Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. This story is based around an actual journey from Jerusalem to Africa via Gaza. But actually, it was a different journey that interested the author, Luke, the most. It was a journey from ignorance to faith. There was a journey that the Ethiopian official was making as he was finding his way to Jesus. And there were some very interesting factors along that journey. He was reading the Bible. So though he couldn't understand it first of all, it was the scripture that was speaking into his life. He was aware of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was guiding his thinking. And then Philip came along and the relationship between them was so important. As Philip noticed what the Ethiopian official was reading as the official invited Philip up into the chariot and as they got talking. And then there was a clear step of faith, at which point the Ethiopian official was saying, yes, I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that these things that happened in Jerusalem are true, and that what was said of him in the prophet Isaiah actually came to fruition. And then he was baptized, a clear public way of demonstrating that faith. And the combined effect of all this was that an African treasurer to the queen was welcomed into the Christian faith. His conversion was unexpected, as unexpected as the conversion of Saul in the next chapter of Acts. It was quiet. It was in a desert region. But it was incredibly real and incredibly powerful. And I love the ending of this story, that the Ethiopian official did not see Philip again, but went on his way rejoicing. He was so excited that he had discovered Jesus and that was real. I wonder which of these two characters are you connecting with today? Is it the Ethiopian? Because you too are on a journey of discovering and exploring faith. You may have read something from the Bible and it seems so important and powerful even though you can't fully understand it. Maybe you've felt a stirring of the Spirit as you've prayed. 
or when others have prayed for you. And what you really need is for someone to come alongside and sit with you and listen with you and point you to Jesus. I wonder, are you in that place today? Are you connecting with the Ethiopian official? Is his story something of your story today? Or are you connecting with Philip? Because you know that you're a Christian, you're excited by what God has done in your life, and you really want other people to know this as well. And sometimes you wonder why God has put you where you are, in the street where you live, or in your workplace, or in your school, in your particular network of friends and colleagues. But among them will be those who are seeking after the truth. And they need you to come alongside and just talk about Jesus in simple language so that everyone can understand. And Philip was remarkably responsive to the voice of God, to the prompting of the Spirit, and the opportunities that God was putting in front of him. It didn't seem particularly glamorous to go down to the desert, but that's what God wanted him to do, and where he wanted him to go. And he came to one who was exploring faith. And the welcome here was two-way. The official welcomed Philip into his chariot. But then Philip, as he explained who Jesus was, came to the place where he was able to welcome a new believer into the family of God. And this is what I long to see happen again and again. And as we talk about welcome, we're not just talking about helping people to feel at home in this building or amongst this group of people. We're talking of something much deeper than that. We're talking of a welcome into the kingdom of God. An invitation from Jesus himself to trust in him, to become a true disciple of Christ. But that moment of commitment often comes through the verbal welcomes through building relationships of trust with those who are already part of the Christian community. It was when these two people met that the most significant change took place. And if you relate to the official from Ethiopia in the sense that you are exploring faith, then you can invite to come alongside and to explain to you what Jesus means. You can ask someone who you know to talk to you a little bit more about it so that you might understand better and be able to make your own decisions about what you believe. And if you relate more to Philip today, then you can trust and pray. Who is God prompting you to come alongside to share what Jesus means to you when you first heard about Jesus and the difference that he makes in your life? so that the Spirit of God can work through those conversations. Welcome is so much more than smiling and saying hello. It's putting yourself in the place of availability to God, to come alongside other people, to listen, to share, and to discover the power of God together. That's what true welcome really is.